This is episode number 169 with Rich Roll. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. If this is your first time being here, then welcome. I'm excited for you to take on this next step in your journey. And we've got an interesting guest on today. He's a good friend of mine. His name is Rich Roll, and he's got a new book out called The Plant Power Way. Now, for those that don't know who Rich is, I've had him on before about a year and a half ago. He's a graduate of Stanford University and Cornell Law School. He's 47-year-old, accomplished vegan ultra endurance athlete and former entertainment attorney turned full-time wellness and plant-based nutritionist advocate, motivational speaker, husband, father of four, and an inspiration to many around the world. And I love what Rich stands for. And he never, uh, never makes me feel bad when I eat meat, but I always love to hear his take on wellness and nutrition and healthy living. And he's got a great story and he's going to dive into more about the importance of living a healthy lifestyle and really why he transitioned into this lifestyle in the first place. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with my good friend, the one and only Rich Roll. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea. Totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. Welcome everyone to the School of Greatest Podcast. I got my man Rich Roll in the studio. What's up, brother? What's up, dude? Good Always to see you, man. Pleasure to uh, hang with my brother. Yeah, I'm excited. And you've got a new book called The Plant Power Way. I'm going to show the camera really quick because this is a uh-huh. video podcast as well. Plant Power Way with yourself and your wife. That's right. What was it like writing a book with your wife? Co-author with my wife. Uh Julie's amazing. Uh, Julie Pyatt is her name. Yeah, she uh, she brought the magic for this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is this book. My first book was a, a memoir, so it was just me writing it, finding ultra. But this one is really a lifestyle guide, kind of a lifestyle primer as well as a cookbook. And Julie uh, is a magician in the kitchen. She's an artist, and she really uh, brought the heat 
to yeah. create something special. So yeah, it was interesting. You know, I'm, I'm like, as a writer, I like to hide out, <laughs> you know, right. and like do my thing in isolation. And this was very much a, a collaborative effort, not just with her, but with a whole so bunch you of had people to, to put you it You had together. to work with her as opposed to be an introvert. Exactly. exactly <laughs> yeah. Which is my default. Right. 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 Um, but it was great. You know, it was, uh, you know, we were sort of a yin and a yang in kind of what we brought to the equation. And I really think that that's what is going to make it really special. Well, like it, man. And it's all uh, whole food, plant-based recipes, but also lifestyle stuff as well, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm a plant-based guy. I've been plant-based for eight years in our, our family. we got four kids and our nephew lives with us. we got a lot of people in our house. Right. And, uh, and, and, you know, we're a plant-based family, but this really isn't, uh, it's not, it's not a book for vegans. It's really oriented around just the modern family, you right. know, it's sort of like people that are just trying to eat a little bit better, live, live a little bit better, make better choices. Mm -hmm. People who don't have the time to go online and research nutrition, you know, they know like, yeah, I should probably buy organic, but like, does it matter? And, you know, I've heard of GMOs, but like, what's the deal? Like we tried to make everything really elementary and simple and, and also create just super delicious food, you know, whether you're a vegan, whether you're a meat eater or a vegan or, or, mm. or whatever, um, to be able to put really great dishes on the table that are going to please everybody, including your yeah. kids. You know, it's sort of like the question that we get all the time is how do I get my kids to eat healthier? You know, they're, they're right. eating macaroni and cheese and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of information and kind of tips and tools and resources to help create healthier, sustainable trajectories because sustainability everybody can go on a diet but like how do you actually shift your lifestyle sure. and make it stick yeah i like it man mm -hmm. and you know for those that don't know your story you've been on the podcast before so we'll have mm -hmm. that episode linked up but for those that don't know your story if you want to give a quick recap to how you got into the whole plant-based living in the first place yeah sure uh i'm 48 years old right now um but about eight years ago when i was 39 uh i was tipping the scales a little bit heavy <laughs> i was about 50 pounds overweight uh working as a corporate lawyer kind of toiling away the 80 hour work weeks right. riding the elevator up and down and kind of living that lifestyle and i was having a little bit of an existential crisis about my place in the world like i you know, I was married and I was building family. And of course I, I love them, but at the same time, I just felt like I was on the wrong path professionally. And it was confusing. It was almost like vertigo because my whole life had been premised on this idea mm. of, you know, get good grades, get, get into the best college, right. like then go to law school and get the best law firm job. And like when you kind of, you know, are on the precipice of being a partner in a big law firm, you think, well, I did everything right. Uh, this is this is what I was promised my whole life was going to make me happy, right, right, right. and I wasn't ha I was not fulfilled. And I looked around me at the people I was working with, and I just didn't aspire to have any of their mm. lives. And so I was having this kind of, you know, kind of internal crisis about what I was doing with myself. And meanwhile, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was eating. Uh, what I like to call the window diet. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> you can pull your car up to a fine dining establishment, roll the window down, and they hand you food. That's what you eat. So I was subsisting on, you know, cheeseburgers and French fries and nachos and Pizza Hut sure. and Taco Bell and all that kind of stuff for years and years and years. And it was starting to catch up to me, you know, 50 pounds overweight. And then one night, uh, Shortly before my 40th birthday, walking up a simple flight of stairs, I had to pause. I was winded, out of breath, mm. 
shortness of breath, uh, tightness in my chest, sweat on my brow. And I, and I honestly thought I was having a heart attack. And I realized in that moment that I needed to change how I was living. Right. Um, and that really began the journey of exploring healthy foods and healthy lifestyle habits. Um, I ended up adopting a plant-based diet, which, you know, look, <laughs> you know, I'm the last person in the world that ever thought I would go vegan. Like for me, like vegans are like guys that kick the hacky sack and you know, <laughs> smoke a lot of dope and like have sure, dreadlocks, sure. And, you know, which is fine. That's cool. But that was, that's not my trip, you know? So I never identified yeah. with that. Um, but when I started eating whole foods, plant-based foods, I really started to feel so much better, like incredibly better. I had, had a lot of energy too, right? Resurgence of vitality I could have never predicted. And it, and it really kind of solved that equation of food is medicine. You know, mm. Hippocrates said it in 340 BC. And right. of course I'd heard that quote, uh, you know, growing up, but you know, I never really thought about it. And I was starting to realize like, wow, we really can impact how we feel and how our bodies function and how our minds operate and how we interact with other people based upon the things that we're putting in our body. Right. It's so elementary, right? But I don't know that we really take that um, to heart enough. And so that's that's what happened to me. And, and I, you know, it's a long story and we talked about it in the last podcast, sure. but ultimately I ended up becoming an ultra endurance athlete and uh, I started killing it in these crazy, super multi-day, you know, double Ironman distance triathlons. and. In 2010, I did something that no one else had ever done, which was do five Ironman distance triathlons on five Hawaiian islands in under a week. Wow. So, and that kind of they put They take me, like 24 hours, don't they? Uh, no, I mean an Ironman. Or triathlon. Yeah. That, well, so, an, so a single Ironman, for your listeners who might not know, is a very long triathlon, which in a period of one day, you do a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and then run a marathon. So I did five of those in a row on five different islands, like traveling. You did flying, five Ironmans? Five Ironmans on five Hawaiian islands. And in a week. The goal was to do it in five days. We ran into a bunch of problems oh and gosh. logistical challenges and sleep deprivation and all kinds of craziness. Uh, wow. But we got it done. And no one, it was, I did it with my buddy, Jason Lester, and no one had ever tried it before. Wow. So it was, it was sort of a cool kind of thing. And to do that at age I was 44 at the time when I did that wow. um, was a really cool thing. And that's kind of like what my first book was about, kind of going from couch potato, schlubby lawyer guy to, you know, middle-aged uh, ultra endurance. Athlete. Right. Why do you think eating a plant-based diet is so intimidating for a lot of people? Because there's this new trend and people are going vegan and people are starting to just live off of, you know, plants. But why is it so intimidating? Well, I think it's intimidating for a number of reasons. I mean, the first thing is, is it sounds like a huge deprivation diet. Like, mm. oh my God, you know, how can I go a day without eating cheese or, you know, how Meats can I, how can I, you know, go a day without eating a cheeseburger and, and these kinds of foods, animal products find their way into most of the things that people are eating on a typical Western diet. Um, and so I think that at, right off the bat, people are like, whoa, not so fast. Right. You know, that's kind of that's kind of scary. And by the way, we've been told our whole lives that if you want strong muscles, you need to eat, you know, beef is what's for dinner and milk does a body good. And, you know, I certainly believed all of those things my whole life. So it was really kind of um, anathema that that you could not only like breathe air in and out of your lungs, but actually be an athlete without mm. eating those things uh, was something I would have never predicted. And so, you know, part of my message is that 
you know, plant-based foods are incredibly healthy and, and they contain everything that you need to live. And also, you know, and this is what the plant power way is really about is it doesn't have to be a deprivation thing. Yeah. Like we look at, at, we always say, focus on all the new exciting foods that you're bringing into your diet, like nutrient dense uh, foods that are super healthy for you, sure. uh, as opposed to focusing on the couple things that you're, you're that giving you're, up, that you're giving up. Right? Gotcha. And what would you say are the highest performance foods out there? Mm, interesting. Uh, well, I think performance from the perspective of being an athlete. Yeah, I mean, just running optimally in your life, right. but also giving you the most energy, the most yeah. recovery benefits, the, you know, whatever it may be. I think that uh, making sure that you're getting lots of dark leafy greens into your diet, you know, we're all talking about kale these days, at uh -huh. least in Los Angeles, we yeah, are. It's huge, <laughs> it's yeah, it's all about kale. So uh, I always start my day with a, with a smoothie. Um, a blended smoothie and like our high powered Vitamix blender that mm -hmm. usually contains spinach and kale and things like that. And they're so rich in phytonutrients and micronutrients and they just energize you. They yeah. just like, instead of eating like a really heavy, like, breakfast of like waffles or something like that chicken and waffles man to, it's so good yeah though. i know it is i know <laughs> look i know man um but to start your day by like drinking a salad mm. and just you can almost feel your body coming alive yeah, you know true. it's it's a it's it's a miraculous thing so i always say to people like if you're gonna just don't worry about vegan or plant like you're 100 whatever just like start drinking blended dark leafy green smoothies huh. in the morning and like watch your watch your life body change, change your yeah, body life, change your well energy. i mean i think it's it's your body yes it's your energy levels but as you know uh you know when you have good energy that affects everything. everything it affects how you perceive the world it affects how you interact with people your mood yeah your mood and, Stress and levels. the ripple effect of yeah. that applies to everything in your life yeah that's true what um Tell me, what are a couple other foods besides the dark leafy uh, I, greens? I like uh, I like to eat a lot of lentils and and beans. They're very high in protein, uh -huh. so as an athlete, that's important, of course. Sure, sure. Um, I also uh, I, I'm a big fan of veggie burritos. That's like my go to lunch. Veggie yeah. burritos in a pinch. Right. Yeah, in a pinch when you're driving around town, I can always, especially in Los Angeles, I can always find uh, you know rice and beans and guacamole. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Um, what else? I mean, I'm, I love superfoods. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of talk about superfoods. I don't think there's any superfood that's a panacea. Um, and I think a lot of people want to jump on the, the superfood bandwagon before they've cleaned up their diet. I look yeah. at that as like the cherry on top of the sundae. Like when you're eating super clean, then superfoods can give you that added um, that added edge. So like cordyceps, I love right. for athletic performance. Spirulina, which is the highest protein content by weight of any food on the planet, including really? beef, including beef. So like spirulina is good. Yeah, we could have a whole podcast about superfoods. Uh, <clears throat> wow, next thing. time. Yeah. The next book. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, okay, so juice versus... Um, non-juice is it better to juice your salad or, or blend uh, your salad like or juices versus blending yeah we get that question a lot too and i think uh they both have their place yeah. you know i think that if you're what if you're blending your drink like you're putting you're putting all the you're packing all these foods you know beets spinach kale uh -huh. hemp seeds flaxseed you know all these kinds of things into a blender and you're you're blending it down into a drinkable form so you're getting all the fiber you're getting like all the nutrients they can be very calorie dense because you're getting the entire food in there right um, they're almost like an incredibly uh, super packed nutrient dense meal sure um, a juice extracts the fiber from the food from the fruit or the vegetable um, so it's a very highly concentrated dose of phytonutrients right. and I look at juicing more as 
medicinal. You know, I think you got to be careful with juices, especially when juices are very high in fruit because the sugar content can be super high. So they both have their place. They just have different purposes. Gotcha. But you shouldn't, you're saying you shouldn't have like a bunch of juices every day or you shouldn't just live off of a juice diet? Well, I think it depends on what kind of, like if it's just pure, if it's pure kale juice, you know, as opposed to orange juice, you know, and I think there's also a difference between you know, the kind of juices that you'll see in Los Angeles that like creation juice yeah. or, you know, blueprint juices, these very high kind of like, you know, artisanal, you yeah, know, right. organic juices that can be very expensive. You can make them at home for super cheap with your own, with your own juicer. Um, so I think it depends on, on what kind, but I think you do have to be a little bit more cautious about just, you know, pounding juices all day long. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So let's say, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of healthy athletes mm-hmm. all, all over the place. I work out with healthy guys who are shredded, six packs, you know, ripped, super high energy throughout the day who aren't vegan, who mm-hmm. aren't plant-based. Right. So why should someone who is already super healthy consider a plant-based diet? Yeah, that's a great question. And the first thing I would say is... Like if it's not broke, why fix yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? The first thing I would say is I'm not here to tell anybody what they should or they shouldn't eat. That's everybody's own personal choice. I'm here to share my experience and how you know my life had changed by adopting a plant-based diet. So that's the first thing. So yeah. I, I'm not here to proselytize any one perspective or sure. another. And I think everybody's different. And I'm yeah, yeah. the first person to recognize that. The second thing I would say is that just because you're shredded doesn't mean that you're healthy. Mm. You can look super fit. You know, like it's it's surprising actually if you look at professional athletes and start to talk to them about what they're actually eating. Like there's uh-huh. still a long way to go in terms yeah, of healthy eating. Of course. So I look at it uh, in terms of long term lifestyle and health and longevity, especially as I start to get older. Um, if somebody's feeling super great, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell them they need to change what sure, they're doing. Sure. Uh, and I would say that it's not that eating a plant-based diet will inherently make you a better athlete, but I will say this, and this has been my experience, that the typical Western diet or a diet, I should say, that is sort of high in animal products, dairy, and processed foods, which is becoming a bigger and bigger problem, obviously, tends to be very acid forming on the body. And we have to work very hard to maintain an essentially neutral pH in our body. Like our, 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 all of our systems try to regulate, you know, our pH to keep it in neutral and the air that we breathe, the amount of sleep that we get, the amount of stress in our lives and particularly the foods that we eat can influence that pH. And so when you're eating a diet that has a lot of processed foods and, and a lot of animal products and dairy, that's very acid forming. And then the body has to work, go into hyperdrive to bring mm. the pH back to neutral. And right. to do that, it has to leach minerals out of the bones and it produces a lot of inflammation. And as you know, as an athlete, inflammation impedes recovery. Yep. So uh, the quicker you can recover in between workouts, the harder you can go, the harder you can go, yeah. the longer you can go, the less likely you are to get injured, the less likely you are to overtrain, sure. to, you know, miss workouts. So it's not that overnight you're a better athlete, but when you protract that out over a course of a number of seasons or years, you're going to realize tremendous performance gains by eating a very, uh, like anti-inflammatory diet or right. a more alkaline forming diet and plant-based foods on the, on the whole, on the average. I mean, there's cer- certainly there are plant-based foods that are acid forming, but on the whole, it's very alkaline forming and very anti-inflammatory. Sure. And so that's allowed me to go. I mean, when I trained for my first Ultraman, which is a double Ironman race that it's like a 320 mile, <laughs> you know, 
triathlon that circumnavigates the big island of Hawaii, the first time that I attempted it was in 2008. And I really only had seven months to prepare for wow. it. And I really think that I was able to drop all the weight and go from essentially a couch potato guy to Ultraman in such a short period of time is because I was eating in this particular fashion. You completely cut everything out, all dairy, I mean, all meat products. All out. meat products, all dairy, uh, and essentially all processed foods. I mean, I would eat, you know, coconut oil and olive oil and things like that are, are technically processed foods. Right. But, you know, trying to reduce as much as possible the extent to which any of the foods I was eating was sure. processed. Okay. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host human nature can get a little messy but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97 bio-based formula for when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken and white pants is a great idea totally not speaking from experience let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. If you could uh, go back um, and tell your pre-vegan self one thing about health, from all that you know now, what would you tell that person? Mm, one thing about health. Or a couple things. From all the information you know now, and you can go mm -hmm. and talk to that guy you know, five years before he's, he stopped eating all the bad foods, what would you say that you know about health? I think the biggest thing is, is, is a very general thing, which is that we all have so much greater control over our health than we've, than we're, than we sort of walk around believing. Like we sort of, um, abdicate our health choices to our doctor. And we think that our doctors know everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the truth is, is that, you know, really in medical school, they don't really teach nutrition. It's like an elective course. Most of them don't know any more about nutrition than the average person who spends a little bit of time researching it. Sure. Uh, and my, my, my call to action really is to take control of that decision-making process for yourself and to understand that, uh, that you can dictate um, your longevity and your emotional state and your physical state by making better choices. And not just by doing it in a short-term way, but doing it in a way that works within the construct of your life so that it's sustainable. And I think that um, there's a lot of people that walk around, they're in poor health and they go, well, it's genetics. You know, mm -hmm. I'm genetically disposed to, to have this or to be like this. And so they take a medication and, you know, our doctor told me I need to take statins. Yeah. And, and what I think most people don't realize is that these medications are not curing their ailments. They're just, they're basically taking care of the symptoms so that people can walk around and not have to think about what That's actually it. led to this problem. It. So it's about getting back to... Um, really healing yourselves and being preventive in your approach to health so that sure. you don't get into that situation to begin with and to understand that you can reverse so many conditions. I mean, right now, Lewis, we're in this crazy 
uh, time uh, where people like you and I are super into health and we like yeah. to talk about it. And we have audiences that that enjoy hearing about it. But the truth is, is that um, we've never been more sick as a society. One yeah. out of every three people will die of a heart attack. Wow. 70% of Americans are obese or overweight. And by 2030... 70%? 70%. Oh my gosh. And by 2030, 50% of Americans will be diabetic or pre-diabetic. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Unless we do something about it. And the greatest irony in all of this is that 80 to 90% of chronic illnesses like those and others are reversible or preventable, reversible through simple diet and lifestyle alterations that we can control these things. If these are reversible and preventable, then why aren't doctors educated on food as medicine? Mm -hmm. And why aren't they being, you know, why isn't this a mandatory lessons that they need to learn in school as like, you know, a serious thing that they need to be educated on? You're preaching to the choir. I mean, you know, I don't get it. Part of, this is part of Why my, just drugs? Yeah. This is part of my advocacy and and part of my mission is to help uh, you know make that the, be the mm. protocol you know and there are amazing doctors out there right now sure. who are doing incredible work doctors like Neil Barnard and Dr Esselstyn and Dr Dean Ornish and and many many Lisa others. Rankin's even written a book Lisa Rankin, about it. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah, there's there's there are there is a, a trend and I think the the reason why it doesn't exist right now is purely. Uh, economics you know mm. right now and especially in terms of big medicine and big pharma and kind of how research gets funded like there if there's not some ip at the end of this road that we can patent and sell as a drug mm. who's going to throw a ton of money at um, you know trying to figure out if broccoli is good for you like there's, <laughs> there's no money to be made by that so, so we need to rethink our whole process of medical education yeah. and it really does need to get prioritized to be on functional medicine and preventive mm. medicine. And you're starting to see it change at the beginning. of So it's an exciting time. I think, and, I, and I guess, you know, the, the pharmaceutical companies can't make money unless people are sick. Right. If so, everyone's healthy, they're broke. Right. And, and if you talk to a doctor, there's a lot of pressure for them to see as many patients a day and to just diagnose and prescribe, prescribe. Yeah. you know, and that's, the, that's, it's not that they're, they're not bad people. They're, they got into medicine because they want to help people, but they have bills to pay. And this is just kind of the way it's set up. And mm -hmm. I, so, so I think that, you know, unless you're an outlier, unless you're someone like Frank Lippman, who's trying to create, you know, these functional medicine clinics and do something a little bit different, it's very difficult. So it's a systemic problem that we need to look at. What can the average person do about that to support they can start to uh, tend to themselves in a mind, body, spirit way. You know, they can start to explore things like meditation and yoga and healthy eating and functional movement and functional body strength. Like all of these things are important. It's not yeah. just, you know, health begins and ends with what's on your plate. You know, there's nothing more powerful that you can do to change how you feel about yourself than what you're eating. Right. But I think that's just the beginning. You know, there's a whole... Um, pantheon of lifestyle practices that you know i'm continuing to learn about and explore that are improving my life what's the things you're learning lately well meditation for me has been the biggest like watershed so powerful, this past right? year and you know i've been meditating on and off for the better part of 17 years but i've always struggled with trying to find a way to make it stick and be consistent about it mm -hmm. and the busier i get the more difficult it is to kind of the more know, conversations and you, excuses you come up with, of course, yeah. you know, and I, like, look, you know, I got a bunch of kids. I got, I, I got a lot of what kids. You got busy. four or five kids, four kids. And my Crazy. nephew lives with, yeah, like we got, there's a lot of energy in my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's very easy for me to say, I, I don't have time, but 
what I found, I've really made it a priority this year to do it every morning. And so what's your daily ritual look like? So 20 minutes in the morning without fail. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a simple breath practice. And I've been playing around with the Headspace app, which has really helped me a lot. I have that, um, but I haven't used it yet. Yeah. It's great because it just kind of, it's a, I have it right on my iPhone. And you know what I did? I put it down on the, the dock at the bottom is one of the four well, main yeah, apps. Yeah, yeah. So I always see it. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it, it, you know, I like, I like the, the practices that they offer on the app. They're very, um, accessible and, and there's not a lot of woo woo in it. Andy put a comb who, who is the guy behind headspace records all of the um all of the meditation programs on there and they're they're very easy to follow good it just makes it easy and like it holds me accountable so i think accountability is a huge thing with Mm -hmm. with changing lifestyle practices and so yeah there you go yeah but you haven't logged in yet you got you got to like create your account (laughs) you got the app but you haven't used it i haven't used anything yet uh yeah it's like anything like i have it so i think that i'm doing it but i'm actually not doing it (laughs) Well, I actually do a pretty good, you know, meditation for, I think it's about 12 minutes in the morning mm-hmm. and then at night, but so you do 20 minutes using headspace. Yeah. And it's just a guided meditation, basically it's breathing. A guided meditation. Yeah. It's breathing, it's breath. There's some visualization uh-huh. and they have all different kinds of programs depending upon, you know, what you like, if you want to, if you're having problems with stress or sure. sleep or whatever, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can pick choose. But the point really is just that you're doing it, not that you're adhering to some, I think a lot of people are like, well, I need to, I need to this, the perfect practice. Or I need this to no. be right. It's the same thing with exercise. Well, I can't go out and run until I have the perfect pair of running shoes. These are all right, like right, barriers right. and excuses to actually just doing it. And yeah. I've just noticed that um, it really has uh, improved my life in every single way by just making it cons- consistency is king. In the last year, you started this, right? 20 minutes sure. in the morning. Yeah. What's the biggest benefits you've seen since doing this? Um, being able to navigate through a lot of... Uh, stimuli coming at me mm. you know like yourself like i'm sure you get a million a emails lot. and you're like you're doing all these podcasts and you're you're juggling a lot of different things you're writing a book like I, these are all things that i'm doing as well and it's very very easy for me to get overwhelmed, overwhelmed and stressed and, and stressed and then and then i'm not productive because yeah. when i'm doing one thing i'm thinking about the other thing that i'm not doing and it's allowed me to just ground myself mm. and just um focus better and be able to navigate relationships phone calls emails and all of that that kind of thing with um, a little bit more with ease. Uh, grace and ease, yeah. right? And and just my interactions with people are better. I'm more present. I'm more focused. And as a result, like that 20 minutes that I spend in the morning turns into, you know, uh, maybe two hours of saved time because I'm yeah. more productive throughout the day. Let's talk about presence. How many, uh, how does food affect our presence during the day and how present we are mm. in moments? A lot, you know. I think that. Uh, and is there research backing this? Or well, just- I mean, look. Let's let's just talk about anecdotal research. Like, if you go out and eat like a heavy lunch, like what? How's how's you know from food coma? You're, yeah, you're like food you're coma. down and out for like, a good ninety minutes. Snoring. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, what if you could eat something for lunch that would actually make you feel better after you ate it than before you ate it? Give so you more you could energy. Come back and 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 really and just hammer for the next two hours and get a bunch of stuff done rather than right. than like kind of be like sleepwalking for a little bit. So, you know, there you go. You don't need any don't more need research, research than that <laughs> for me. But I think also. Um, you know, having, maintaining a high level of energy throughout the day. So you don't have these peaks mm-hmm. and valleys like, look, man, you throw down a monster drink or a Red Bull and man. smoke a cigarette. And then, you know, like you're up and down, you're bouncing off the walls, you're crashing, you're high, yeah. you're all these different things. But just to be able to acclimate to just a really solid, good level of energy that's consistent from the moment you wake up in the morning to the moment yeah. you go to bed. 
I like it, man. What other rituals are you doing besides meditating in the morning? Meditating in the morning. Do you cook all your own foods or do you go out and eat, uh, you know, plant-based foods or is... A little bit of both. I mean, uh, usually we cook at home and, you know, my wife is the artist. Especially when you got kids. Yeah. You got to cook at home, I guess. She gets all the credit for the cooking. She's unbelievable. Her food is so... I mean, this is all her food on the cover, Yeah, these are all, that's the other thing with this book. Like we didn't go out and hire some chef to like create recipes for, for, uh, you know, to create a book. These are all very authentic to the way we live, to the way, the food that we give our kids. And, you know, my wife really is quite the genius at that. So, so usually we're eating at home and what we do is we make, we make a priority out of the family meal. It's a ritual. We involve all the kids in it and it's, you know, it's getting back to, um, you know, the beauty and just the value of sharing that time together, the yeah. process of making the meal, Community. making it in, yeah, making it into a thing. And, and when you look at the cultures that uh, have the most longevity, have you heard of the Blue Zones book? Yes. Okay. So Dan Butner, who's the guy behind the Blue Zones, He's a, a National Geographic fellow. He's a friend. You should have him on the podcast. I'd love to. Yeah, it's like the happiest people in the world yeah, are the Blue Zones, he's right? He's a buddy. I'll hook you up. He's, That'd be great. He's, an, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and he went around the world and studied where are the people the happiest and where do they live the longest. Yeah. And from that, he extracted um, and he found these Blue Zones across the world, like Okinawa and Ikaria, which is an island in the Aegean. In Japan, and, right? One, one yeah, Japan. that's Okinawa. Um, and a, you know, a bunch of other like sort of remote places. And he went to these cultures and he studied them and he said, what are they doing that we're not doing? Isn't there one in like North Carolina as well or something? Or there's like one, the mountains or... no, there's one in Loma Linda in Southern California. There is, here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a blue zone. It's a blue zone because, um, cause it's all vegan. Right? Yeah. They all, they all eat they, That's a big part of it. Well, it's yeah. very, it's a, it's a, um, it's a religious community yeah. and, and they all eat plant-based. They live based on the principles in the, there's some, there's a passage in the Bible that basically says you should eat plants from the, I don't know exactly what it goes, but, yeah. um, and they, and they're a very tight knit community and they're very family oriented. So he, ex, he kind of divined these principles out of these cultures and, and, you know, eating predominantly plant-based food was a big part of it, but also, um, like respecting your elders and keeping them around and creating community and, and really keeping the family tight and mm. the family meal is a big part of that. So we try to practice that in what we're doing, but we eat out my son, my oldest son, Tyler, it was his 20th birthday last night. So we went to Gracias Madre, oh, which is like, he came down here. Yeah, of course. Oh man, you should well, have told me I came by. Yeah, I it's know. right down the street. It's the best, right? It's so good. It's like you know we're in this time right now where where people are are understanding you know the beauty and the power of eating plant based yeah. or mostly yeah. plant based, and there are restaurants cropping up. Gracias Madre is one of them. Crossroads. It's, it's, it's a completely yeah. Crossroads is unbelievable. So good. They're they're plant based restaurants, but they don't advertise as being vegan. They just have better food. It's so good. You know, man. Crossroads is probably the best restaurant in L.A. It's amazing. You know, I go there. Paul like a, is a genius. Who's the yeah, chef there? You know? So good. So that's the way that you are ultimately going to get people to shift their lifestyle habits to eating better is by making the food just taste better. Yeah, you know, exactly. Gracias Madre, not one, there's not one thing, place where it says this is a plant-based restaurant, no. it's a vegan restaurant. They just give you amazing food that's delicious. It's and, so good. And you're like, oh, that didn't have meat in it. That didn't have dairy in it. I would have never known. I went to a, I mean, I don't know if you know Bill Glazer, but he's a, a friend mm-hmm. of mine. I think yeah. you've connected via email. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he takes me to Crossroads. That's like the only place he'll, he'll want to go out to eat with, <laughs> with me. To eat and uh, we went to have brunch one time for like Sunday brunch mm-hmm. and the chicken and waffles was unbelievable, man. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I could eat this, 
you know, every Sunday. Right. It was so good. Not only that, like if you're visiting LA and you want to see movie stars, oh, they're everyone there. Constantly there. Yeah, yeah. Constantly. All the time. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, you talk about cooking being an art form. What's that all about? I think that uh, that cooking, and this is this is a better question for Julie. Could be a great yeah. guest. You should have her on too. Sure. Um, she, you know, she's an artist. She's a painter. She's a sculptor. Mm. She's a musician, and she approached food just as any other medium. It's an yeah. imme- it's a medium to express yourself. It looks and, like art, you think, know. Yeah, it looks like it art. Um, and when you approach food from that perspective of what can I create? What, how can I combine these things to create something different and you new? And how can I infuse this with my love, like my positive energy to then, you know, deliver to somebody else in service to say, please enjoy this. That's a beautiful sacred Mm. thing, you know? And I think that's something that we should honor and take seriously as opposed to just trying to whip something up quickly yeah instead of make it like a hobby something fun this crazy convenience lifestyle where everything is about speed and how fast i can eat and we and we're just eating on the go you know and there's really something to be said to just stopping and saying let's really be grateful for what we have in front of us the blessings that we have i mean look at the world that we live in i mean we're so lucky man it's amazing we're so lucky human beings have never you know in the history of humankind like we've never had it so good it's amazing And, and yet we walk around resentful and we're pissed off because this guy didn't call us back or whatever it is you know just to like stop and say, you know, for right now, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And let's just be present with it. I like it. You talk about in the book, the three lifestyle paths to living plant powered and it's vitality, performance and transformation. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about those? Yeah. So throughout the book, uh, I mean, you know, it is a cookbook. There's 120 plus recipes in there or whatever, but, but really the, 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 um, what distinguishes it, I think, is really all the lifestyle guidance. And so yes. throughout the book, we've created three lifestyle paths for people that are kind of new to this idea. Like, well, I've never really thought about, you know, eating plants and, you know, I don't. And we wanted to create three programs based upon, um, you know, what your interest might be. Like if, it, if it's a guy like you, Lewis, you're an athlete, you don't really need to lose weight, but you, performance is what's sure. going to motivate you. So yeah. this is a guy that will kind of key code throughout the, the book um, the recipes that you're going to want to pay most attention to. Yeah. And we have kind of a day in the life. Here's a typical, um, here's a typical way of eating and conducting yourself throughout the day that includes meditation in the morning. Yep. That's going to help you unlock your inner potential that might still be a little bit dormant because you haven't quite explored foods to the extent that maybe you should. And yeah. then the other ones, transformation is for people that really need a complete whole reboot to their life like maybe they're like, super overweight or like they've been you, sick years ago yeah exactly like, and they're like ready to just go full bore and do it hardcore because they want to they want the whole shebang and they, and they need it because mm-hmm. they're they're at a place in their life where they're ready they're willing to make that kind of a sacrifice and a change and their life depends on it mm-hmm. otherwise they might have a heart attack at some point right and then the other one is just for really living uh sustainably and more balanced yeah. um and so it's not, you know, it's not for anything super dramatic on either side of it. It's just like, I want to be more balanced than I am. Mm. And, you know, I think a big part of the book and, and a focus of it too, that we haven't really touched on is sustainability. Mm. Um, sustainability in healthy lifestyle practices and an eating practice 
practices, but also kind of getting out of ourselves and our selfish concerns about how we feel and, and, and really contemplating uh, what's most sustainable for the planet. Because and that's when you look at it, diet. well, you know, we're, when we, everybody wants to be a good environmentalist, sure. right? Like, you know, maybe I shouldn't use so much gas. I should ride my bike and we recycle. We're doing all these things now to kind of be better citizens than maybe we were 30 years ago. Right, right, right. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff uh, that I think people don't realize. And when you kind of take a look at how we produce food to arrive on our plates, it's, it's quite eye-opening. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, when you look at animal agriculture, just the business of raising animals for food, it's incredibly wasteful it's crazy, and, it, right? and it, ex it exerts an extraordinary toll on the planet. So we all look at like fracking and, um, and you know, the extent to which we're dependent upon fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that animal agriculture is far more detrimental to the planet than I think it's like uh, animal agriculture accounts for uh, something like 13 or 18 percent of all greenhouse gas emissions, no which way. is more than all of transportation combined. And when, then you look at it, and you, when you look at um, the extent to which the rainforests are being destroyed, the amount of water use, it takes 660 gallons of water to produce one hamburger. Like if you're just an, econo what? an economist and you look at this, you're like, this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Like we're wasting so many resources to take this little animal and blow it up into a huge animal that we can eat for food. Um, and you know, the runoff, the, the methane, everything, you know, it's, it's, it's basically creating algal, algal blooms in our oceans wow. where no life can live. And really it's, it's really insane. There's a movie that I'm involved with called Cowspiracy. It's a documentary that takes a look at, um, what animal agriculture is really doing to our planet. It's going to be coming out uh, this spring wow. on Netflix and look for that. And it's it really, out. it's really quite amazing when you look into that. And so what, what, what my message is and what the book's message is, is like, let's be a little more conscious of our choices. Like yeah. it's not just about what I need or what I want or what tastes good. Like we have a greater responsibility to sure. our planet. And I think we all need to kind of really honor that a little bit more. Yeah. So you're not saying people, you have to eat, vegan plant-based but if you're going to choose meat be conscious about it and eat in a sustainable way the best way possible yeah i mean i think we all have a responsibility yeah. to try to uh increase the extent to which we're living sustainably right i like that a couple questions left uh what are you most grateful for rich <sighs> what am i most grateful for the moment right now Lewis. <laughs> i like it you know? what about in your life recently besides yeah. i am uh well, I'm really grateful to be living my authentic truth. Mm. And I'm very grateful that um, as a result of some things I've been working on very hard, that uh, I found an audience that cares about these things. And I yeah. really do think it's making a difference. So I'm grateful to have found a, a way to be of service, mm. you know, and I find a lot of gratitude in service. And I was reflecting as I was driving over here about the first time that we sat down for our podcast yeah. and it was almost two years ago. And I remember coming into your apartment here and you had, a, shit, you had a crappy little, place. you had a crappy little mic, you know, and I'd started, <laughs> I had a little bit of table. head start on yeah. you. Yeah. And I was like, come on, man, let's get you a good mic. <laughs> you know, let's sort you out. And then to see uh, where you are now, like, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. Oh, and thanks, I just man. marvel at, at what you've been able to do uh, with this show and all the things that you're doing. And I think uh -huh. that, that, you know, when I look at you and I think about other people that are trying to make a difference, 
uh, I think about what they're doing, but more importantly, how they're doing it mm. and why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think the how and the why is just as important, if not more important, than the what. Yeah. And I really respect the how and the why of what you're doing, and mm. I couldn't be happier for you for the growth. Um, and so when I, in my practices, whether it's through my podcast or the books that I'm writing and the public speaking and all of that, I'm always thinking about the the how. How am I doing this? I know what I'm doing, but how am I doing it? Mm. And always bringing it back to the why. And the why always comes back to service. And the more grounded I am in service and genuinely, honestly, being in that place of just wanting to help and serve, mm. then my life flourishes around that. And and that's been a very powerful um, lesson and experience for me. So I'm, I'm grateful mm. that I understand that. And I have no complaints in my, in, in my life. My health is good. I have beautiful children. I'm happily married. Like I, I'm living a, a miraculous life. And there have been plenty of times in my life where, you know, I didn't think I was going to make it. You mm. know, I'm a recovering drug out, drug addict and alcoholic. I've had some very dark moments in my life. And, and the idea that, you know, even several years ago that I would be sitting here talking to you about, mm-hmm. you know, passion and living your best life and all of these things would have just sounded insane. So I'm just grateful to be here. Mm, I love that. In 50 years from now, or maybe a hundred years, cause you're going to be living that long mm. with the plant-based diet. <laughs> what do you want people to say about you? Uh, and what would now wow. better than that? What would, would you like to have accomplished in the world? I would like to look back in my old age and and see that I've made a difference, a difference in the quality of people's lives, uh, not just in the foods that they're eating, but in their perspective on their own lives mm-hmm. with respect to health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual yeah. health, physical health, and to help people understand that no matter what their circumstance, irrespective of age or circumstance, that there is always a better, healthier, more mm. authentic version of themselves inside of them that can be unleashed. You know, And I know that's consistent with your message as well. And I think that we, you know, we live in such a fast paced world and we walk around with blinders on and we're just yeah. on autopilot. And just to be able to inspire people to stop for a moment and reflect on their lives and do that inside work so that they can truly be living the life that they're meant to live. Mm. Because I think we all have something to offer and we all have something to that we can that we can use to be of service to other people. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're gonna be, you know, Manny Pacquiao or whatever, but you yeah. have your own version of that. Sure. You know, and to the extent that I can help people cultivate and express that that would make me happy. And I think a hundred years from now, unless we make some serious changes in the way this planet is operating, Lewis, we're all going to be plant-based because we just can't Can't continue to feed the people, the the number of people that we have on this planet, the way that we've been doing it. We just can't do it. Yeah. And the population isn't Get on board now. (laughs) Get used to it now. Yeah. I like it. Well, I want to acknowledge you for two things. I didn't get to do this last podcast. So the first thing is I acknowledge you for seeing where your health and your life was going downhill and having the courage to make the change because that's probably the hardest thing is to make that drastic change and you went cold turkey on everything mm-hmm. because you knew that you needed to have a better life for yourself and your family and for the people that depended on you. So I acknowledge you for first making that change years ago. The second thing I acknowledge you for, Rich, is 
your commitment to serving others and teaching them everything that you've learned. You're like so dedicated to this and you travel all over the world and you teach people, you write the content, you do the research, you're doing a lot of hard work to educate people like me and other people who need this information. So I acknowledge you for being a symbol of inspiration for so many people who need this. And uh, it's an honor to be able to interview you and, and be your friend. So thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of and, course. And like I said, uh, I'm so happy to see you thriving and, and growing in the way that you are. And, and I think that your advocacy is something to marvel at. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see where you're headed because I know the sky's the limit with you, man. I'm just latching my train on yours. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fun. We're both doing, yeah. we're both doing great. It's going to be fun. Uh, final question I've asked you before. What's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness. I can't, I knew, you know, I was driving around. I was like, I know he's going to ask. So I should probably think about that. And I can't even remember what I said last time, but I will say this. I think the definite, my definition of greatness is when your purpose and your actions and your values are in perfect alignment. When you are truly blazing your authentic path mm. in service to other people. The legend of Rich Roll. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, man. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to go check out the full video interview over at lewishouse.com slash 169. You can check out me and Rich here in my studio in Los Angeles and get a close-up of what we're up to. Uh, also, make sure to share this with your friends. If you have any friends who are having any nutritional questions and lifestyle questions, then make sure to send them this episode again, lewishouse.com slash 169. I'm sure they'll appreciate it because Rich has got some great information. Make sure to check out Rich's book, The Plant Power Way. We'll have that linked up back on my show notes at lewishouse.com slash 169. If this, again, is your first time being here, then I welcome you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or SoundCloud and keep coming back. We've got some incredible guests coming up. We've got Tim Ferriss, who is coming up on the next episode, a great video of us doing some uh, competition that you guys are going to want to make sure to check out. Uh, again, that'll be episode number 170. But if this is your first time, make sure to subscribe. Check out some previous episodes. We've got some incredible guests on here from the past, and uh, we've got many more to come. So, And that's it for our show today, guys. Thank you so much. Again, we got a big one coming up in a couple days with Tim Ferriss talking about some incredible things that you're going to want to make sure to listen to. Be sure to be on for that one. Also, I'm over on Snapchat now. So, yes. I'm big on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I'm Lewis Howes everywhere over there, so make sure to follow me. But if you want to learn more about what I'm doing behind the scenes, make sure to check out uh, over on Snapchat, Lewis underscore Howes. Follow my stories. I'm going to be posting a lot this month. So make sure to check it out. And uh, I've got some cool behind the scenes things that I'm doing there that I'm not showing anywhere else. Uh, with that, guys, thank you again for coming on. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com.